tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max Show as we muddle through yet another work week, and it just doesn't feel like it. Summertime, you know. It, oh, I know. It, we're we're in the dog days of summer. Oh, I know. Yeah, but, it is. you know, with school... All the school stuff and everything going on, it's kind of like it, it just doesn't feel like summer lasts until, you know, Labor Day. True. So, and and we're the adults. You know, you, you think about it. If you're over, what, uh, 40, you've spent more time out of school than you spent in school. So why <laughs> is it so ingrained in our life, you know? Yeah. And I know it's partly because we get out, we have a couple of years before, some of us longer, but then we start having kids and immediately school becomes another opportunity to be in that grind. So, right. Yeah. I guess in reality, if you make it to 60, you know, then maybe you start your life again. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> well, they I say, know. you know, there's an old saying that life begins at 40. And, they lied. <laughs> well, you do get a, a different perspective on life than around 40. I mean, you've been through so much, you've got some confidence that you didn't have before, but if you still got kids or grandkids or anything, nah, None of that ever changes. <laughs> no. Nah. It takes nah. longer than that. I went out and looked in the backyard yesterday, and I thought, you know, I think I could dig a hole right here. Really? You know, just, <laughs> here it is. Just start digging. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, where now that we have gone through vacations, you know, we are... Again, I go back to this every time, and I apologize, Mark, because I think about how you and Jane, y'all raised Joe. Yeah. And I've known you for a long time, right. and I don't think Joe has lived with you in the entire time I've known y'all. I mean, <laughs> no, you know, no, and no. that's he hasn't. Now that I think of it, he hasn't no, because he was out he, of the house. Yeah, he went off to Old Miss and never came back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and. I mean, that's like the dream come true for most people. It's like <laughs> my kid leaves for college, you cry a little bit, and then yeah. you get used to them not being. But yeah, you had an only child, so you only had one to worry about boomeranging, and he didn't. Right, yeah. He didn't. Oh, he, my. He hit Oxford, Mississippi, decided he wanted to become a professional student. <laughs> yeah. He stayed there for a while. and then when He did he, pretty good at that, too. Yeah, he did. He did. He um, The thing is, he went, he got his, uh, he got a degree he got, uh, and then he decided to go back and get a second degree. And when he went back to, for the second degree, um, he slacked. He slacked off a bit, uh, and that made sure. his grade point average drop a bit. And right. when it came time, oh, for, I remember that. Yeah, I he, remember that. He came, came but he, it came time for him to actually get serious about a real big boy job. You know, he got an opportunity mm -hmm. to move to Texas and teach, and right. and they they said we we're looking forward to it. Yada yada. And then when it got down to it, he got this phone call and they said, look, your GPA is not what we need. And it was, <laughs> it's like just this, like, it's just, it's just barely, just barely below the level of what they have to have. And it was because right. when he went back for that second degree and he slacked off, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> which is a lesson. Don't slack off in college. <laughs> you know, that's that, why there was never a sequel on the Alabama song love in the first degree, because love in the second degree is always slower. <laughs> you know, that old joke about it's, it's going to go on your permanent record. We're going to put this on your permanent record. You show up at a yeah. restaurant and because you failed this class, you can't get a seat, you know, that sort of a thing. Well, now you can't get a job because your permanent record's caught up with you.
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, I I have talked to you about this. I avoid Facebook while we're doing the show. Yes. I avoid, so, unless we're posting up something specific. And the reason is what I'm about to say right now. There's a thing that popped up on my feed. Notorious, and it's got a picture of a girl in a an outfit, a performance outfit of some type, and mm-hmm. a guy. Uh, they're obviously hosting. They're doing a show on okay. stage. All right. The guy is wearing his really crazy-looking jacket and a hat, and he's holding a microphone, and he's talking into it, and he's looking at this girl like he's asking her a question, and she is obviously in some type of, I'm going to put this in air quotes, beauty contest. Okay. Um, because usually, you know, when you have a beauty contest and they do the, the part where they're um, wearing swimsuit or something, right. they don't have a belly hanging out. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know what kind of contest this is, but it isn't the flat belly contest. Okay? I got you. Okay. All right. But it said, that's the picture accompanying this thing. It says notorious, notoriously bad live performances in history. What does it say next? Try not to laugh at number 19. Oh, Here's no. the full list. Oh yes. no, not one of those. Yes. Oh yeah, it is that. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. Ah, you did it. <laughs> so I'll be gone for a while. <laughs> you started off talking about the beauty contest. And of course, the first thing I thought of was Sharon uh, Frazier from Rhode Island. Describe your perfect date. It's a tough one. <laughs> I'd have to say April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, where if you go to Croatia for vacation and come home with a bunch of scorpions that should be the least of your worries who goes to croatia on vacation this time of year well apparently a woman from austria did and when she got i I don't know maybe it was too expensive to go to vegas you got me wait a minute mark you're sitting there i think i'll go on vacation where do i want to go let's see well there's nothing really going on in beirut right now and uh yeah i think croatia Oh gosh, that'd be like you or me going to Atlanta for vacation, you know? Oops. <laughs> Why? Wow. Hey, Mark, that was out loud. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh, an Austrian woman returned home from a trip to Croatia and discovered 18 scorpions had stowed away in her suitcase. An animal rescue service in Upper Austria said that in a news release that the woman returned to her home after a trip to Croatia and was unpacking when she discovered a mother scorpion and 17 babies in her bag. Rescuers said they intended to return the scorpions to the wild in their home country. The news release says the animals were secured and handed over to us. They are currently in the Linz Animal Shelter until they start their return journey. There's scorpions. Um, you know, the only thing you would have to return would be my shoes to the store because <laughs> <laughs> these would not be returned to the wild, Mark. No. I am going to go ahead and send them on to where all the wonderful animals and insects and bugs go That's for eternity. For that farm in the country for all the little bugs. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. 
both Mark and I, uh, space cadets, uh, so to speak. You know, <laughs> children of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And, you know, I, didn't they call uh, them, it seems to me like in uh, one of the documentaries about Moon, it was called Moonshot, and it was released on the 25th anniversary of the Moonshot. Mm. It was on TBS back in the day. And uh, being that it was only 25 years after uh, the uh, 1969 landing on the moon, most of the astronauts were still alive mm, and yeah. they were able to talk about it and they were able to give firsthand accounts of what it was like, you know, going through the space program in the sixties from uh, Mercury to Gemini to Apollo. And if I'm not mistaken, Al Shepard was talking about John Kennedy and he's talking about president Kennedy as being a space cadet that when he came down there and saw the rocket that he just, you know, he was blown away by it. Yeah. And I mean, this isn't Westward Ho, man. This is bigger. This is an expansion into space. Right. I mean, this is this is Mount Rushmore type stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he said that Kennedy really got hooked on it and um that when they when he went into space, you know, his little twelve minute cannonball shot, you know, up into low Earth orbit. Mm. He didn't even orbit. He just boom broke the thing and came back down. Right. That Kennedy wanted a real briefing. He wanted to debrief and a briefing, you know, he wanted the whole thing. And uh, it was just really cool to, to think about that, you know, yeah. that the president of the United States, I mean, regardless of your party affiliation, mm. the fact that an American citizen can grow up and become the president of the United States of America and actually make a decision that puts you on a path to go to the moon. Mm. I mean, one person can motivate others to do that. Yeah, that's a, it's an amazing thing. It is. And, and it's unique to our country. It's what makes us great is that opportunity. And by the way, just so we can get this out of the way, outcome and opportunity are not the same thing. No. We all have the same opportunity. No right. matter where you're born, what color your skin is, no matter who you are, what you yeah. are, you have opportunity. Now, it doesn't guarantee outcome. Right. It doesn't guarantee you're not going to be handed. You actually have to work hard. Right. And But you know you what? You work hard. You take advantage of everything that's out there and available to us because we live in this great country, and you could be whatever you want to be. So you could end up like, look, space junk from Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX crew. <laughs> yeah. I, this is a guy who he's not from here, right? He's South African, right? right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and yet he's here, and he's created a new way. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a yeah. minute. Yeah, Elon Musk, his company created a new way of reusing rockets, man. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a freaking cartoon when you watch it. It happen. does. It, it's very, very fifty sci-fi stuff. These things with the land, the legs folding down and it coming down and landing in spot. It's just. It's yes. crazy. It's crazy stuff, but they, they don't all work that way. He also has, <laughs> he has, well, he does, he's got, SpaceX has some stuff that works kind of like traditional things with, with boosters and stages and the like to, to mm -hmm. push people into space. And right. a piece of one of those about 10 feet long, um, Ooh. crashed into a farmer's property in new, Th new South Wales in, uh, in Australia at about 25,000 kilometers per hour. What? <laughs> yeah. The object, it was part of the SpaceX Crew 1 craft, was found in a sheep paddock by a farmer living on a large property in the Snowy Mountains. Mick Miners is his name, the farmer, that is. He said he discovered the space junk, which resembled a tree from a distance. <laughs> he walks out his door. Wait a minute. There wasn't a tree in the pen then. Hey, what's that? Uh, so he, his family heard a loud bang, and he looks out there, and there's this piece of space junk in the, in the 
uh, in the pen with a sheep. The bang also reportedly was heard by residents living in southern New South Wales, with some alleging they saw an explosion. Neighboring farmer Jock Wallace also reported a similar foreign object that had torpedoed into his land. Luckily for both farmers, the space junk, which came from one of the craft's fins, was located a fair, pretty good distance from their homes. The spacecraft, which cost $62 million per launch, has started to deorbit after almost two years in space. It's just a section that was left in orbit, you know. And uh, Mr. Tucker said the craft was originally planned to break apart and land in the ocean. Well, Mr. Tucker, he's wow. a spokesman for the company, by the way. Yeah. He said, we saw most of the pieces land in the ocean, but clearly some hadn't because this three-meter piece was speared into the ground from space. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, uh, yikes, you know? <laughs> that's, something, <laughs> that's something to wake up to, walk out, stretch, dr- sip on your coffee, and what's that sticking out of the ground? <laughs> mm, better in the ground than in my head, but either way you look at it, it was a close call. Yeah. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark as we go through the course of any given day we have opportunities for excellence we have opportunities to encourage we have opportunities to go negative Mm. uh we have we have opportunities even if it's just online even if we don't leave our house you know because of the way the internet has interconnected the world you can actually from your chair your recliner impact the world by making some strange, crazy post on social media. Mm-hmm. And I actually, there was one that it came across my feed. And, um, the reason I point this out, I was actually following up on a story about, um, uh, Joni Mitchell. Um, are you, you, you're familiar with her from the sixties, you know, seventies yeah. Yeah. singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was at the, you know, they had the Newport jazz festival has been, or, or yeah, is a, uh, folk and jazz festival or something like that. Been around forever. Um, it's the festival when Dylan went electric and everybody freaked out. Okay. If Mm. that gives you an idea. Okay. But yeah, it's been going on that long. I mean, and, um, anyway, Joni Mitchell, uh, made an appearance and I think she was just there. She's in her seventies now, late seventies and doesn't sing a lot, you know, and doesn't perform a lot. I mean, she's in her seventies for crying out loud. I mean, you know, some people in their seventies are still up and around and are, you know, she's not bad off. I mean, she's able to get up and around, but not as spry as other 70 year olds, you know? Yeah. Um, my, my grandfather in his seventies looked like he could mow the yard. Uh, my father-in-law in in his early seventies died and looked like he might have 10 years previously kind of thing. You know, Mm. it's just, we all age differently and she's kind of in that mode of just not getting around that well, but she did sing. And I'd listen to it, and, you know, I'm fascinated by Joni Mitchell and that whole era of recording artists and, you know, David Geffen and that whole, you know, thing back mm. then. Uh, you know, uh, Joni Mitchell wrote a song called Free Man in Paris. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with the song? No. Okay, well, it's about David Geffen, okay? okay. And when we think of David Geffen now and, and his, you know, being a billionaire and, being this entertainment figure and all that, you forget that this was a guy who was an agent back in the day, you know, and his first big client was Laura Nero. And she was the singer songwriter like Joni Mitchell. And anyway, that's what, that's what made him his first little bit of money Hmm. was this one person who was a singer songwriter. But anyway, so Joni Mitchell performs at the Newport folk and jazz festival or what it's called. And, uh, they're calling it Joni festival now because she sang and it just brought a, it brought a spirit together for everybody to realize, you know, 
she's yeah, she's very very cool. And now it's making the rounds, and uh, it it just kind of hit me that sitting in our home now, our in our wherever, we can go online and see something amazing like that hmm. uh, from the perspective, oftentimes of somebody in the audience who's watching it unfold. Yeah. And I think about how many times, you know, those types of things happen now that we didn't have access to, you know, mm. before Yeah, you would hear about it, read about it, somebody's accounting of it and it would be swayed by their opinion. But in this case, you actually get to watch it happen. Wow. And it's because of technology. And to be honest with you, I think we all need to uh, write a letter to Al Gore today and thank him for creating the <laughs> internet because, you know, <laughs> I'll pass. Without him, we wouldn't have it, Mark. Yeah, sure. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, every now and again, start working on something. And <laughs> now it, all of a sudden you're over here taking a golf lesson. And, oh, there's a reply on that part I was looking for for the car. And wait a minute. Oh, oh the song's Mark. over. <laughs> Ah, India girl. Let's yes. do India girl story, Mark. I got you, and it calls for this. What is that? It's a, it's a uh-huh. major award. Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. A seven-year-old girl from India broke a Guinness World Record for limbo skating. Okay, I'm just going to let that pause for a second and produce mm-hmm. the amount of mental pain just thinking about it. <laughs> limbo yep. skating was the award she won when she strapped on her roller skates and glided underneath 20 cars in 13.74 wow. seconds. Guinness now, World Record. That, okay, Mark, this one is worth it. This yeah. one is worth the record because, first of all, I can't even imagine being able to do no. any of this. No. Guinness wow. World Records confirmed that Deshna Nahar of Pune, broke the record when she skated low to the ground for a distance of 193 feet, passing underneath 20 cars in the process. Nahar broke the previous record of 14.15 seconds, which was set by a 14-year-old girl in China in 2015. Quote, let's see, Aditna Nahar, her father, says Deshna discovered her love for skating. She's been learning to skate for the past two years, and over the past six months, she's been getting ready for this record in limbo skating. Her her coach supported her a lot during the entire time. He encouraged her to do better. No. You can get a coach for this? They they encourage you to stop. Slow down. (laughs) Don't do that. No, that's too many. (laughs) Good grief. Right. You know, I'm surprised when I was saying, well, she did 27 in practice. Sweet (laughs) wow seven-year-old girl think about this for a minute mark seven-year-old this is the same age as my braylon yeah Um, yeah getting him a a coach for anything (laughs) because he knows everything you know he's he you can tell my blood is in him a he knows everything b he wants to do everything c he doesn't want any help right d he looks at me like i'm knitted already and i'm thinking (laughs) dude look in the mirror okay please it will catch up to you i promise i promise I, but could you come over here and open up this Coke bottle? I can't get it open. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were doing a story about uh, limbo roller skating. Yeah. Under, you know, and, and Mark and I both are like, okay, got to look it up. But we both get stuck. Okay, the music's playing, and he and I are both drifting. I mean, right now, I'm looking at a guy who catches a socket in his mouth while he unscrews another socket on a, you know, it's like, wow, 
there's an award but anyway it's crazy when you see how some of these things are done yeah. you know and yeah you think what made I, I get the idea because pretty much is here y'all hold this mm -hmm. you know before you go do something silly right. but to take a seven-year-old and say to your child or grandchild let's do this right you know <laughs> I, I just don't think i could no, I, I don't know that I possess the ability to do that. It would have to be a seven-year-old because the human body doesn't bend that way. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. You can't make your angles, right. your ankles go that direction. I mean, <laughs> and you, I mean, just think about it. The, the, I mean, I'm hurting just thinking about trying <laughs> to do this. Ow. Right. <laughs> well, anyway, the thing is that if you want to now, in other parts of the world, and we've mentioned this before, like in India, for example, if you are a Guinness Book of World Records holder, it's a big deal, mm -hmm. bigger than here. Yeah, uh, We have people here that do it for all kinds of reasons. The guy who does the stem cell research stuff and raises money by breaking world records. Right. That fascinating. Guy, yeah. 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 Some of the records that I see broken, Mark, I'm like, okay, first of all, at no point in time did it ever occur to me to go up in a hot air balloon and then walk on a tire road between two hot air balloons. Right. That didn't occur a slack line. You know, it, that uh -huh. didn't ever occur to me as something I would want to do. No. And they, they always say, well, I don't, I could do it. My gosh, they're tied off. They've got a safety rope. And you're like, really? So <laughs> a safety rope at a couple thousand feet up in the air is going to make you happy. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. you're dangling, you're hanging there. And right. I mean, it's just, there's nothing. Mark, talking about it and visualizing it in my head and my hands are sweaty yeah i'm breathing heavy it's like right ah. i know i know <laughs> i know how how do they just, i yeah i res i respect people to do stuff like that it's just again yeah. why you know mm. every now and again know. i go on youtube and watch film from the early uh yeah you know, the early days of film silent movies and the teens and the early 20s and you see people like skyscrapers in new york you know and there you got a guy on a ledge working, you know, with two mm -hmm. or three guys. Right. And they're like, they're, Oh yeah. I, I can't even, the oh. steel workers. Yeah. I know what you're yes. talking about. They're building the skyscrapers and they're out there walking on something that's like eight inches wide and yep. walking around like, Hey, it's no big deal. And yeah. <laughs> they're hundreds of feet in the finish. air. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, it just is amazing to me yeah. how some people can do things and yep. act like it's no big deal. Meanwhile, for me, that they, I can't even think about doing it without losing my cookies, man. Wow. Is there anything like that that does that to you? Spiders, snakes, anything? Mm, um, not, no, not that I can think of. There's not really anything like that. Well, okay, here we go. Tight spaces. I am a bit claustrophobic. Oh. That's, that's, okay. and you know, <laughs> I think you're familiar with the story of how I learned I was claustrophobic yeah. Ooh, and, yeah. and that is, uh, I had an MRI. I'd never had an MRI before. <laughs> and this was, uh, this was after I had it, uh, the, I had the, the little mini stroke, uh, thing when we were on a cruise several years ago. And, uh, I got back from it. And a few months later, I'm talking, I'm having my regular, you know, my annual with the, uh, with the physician. And he said, did we ever look into this possible reason or that possible reason? Uh, did you get an MRI? And I said, no. And he said, would you like to do this? And I'm thinking, yeah, I really would like to get to the bottom of this. I want to know why this happened. And, uh, <laughs> he said, all right. So he scheduled me for an MRI and I go in the day of the MRI and I'm joking around with him. Cause you know, that's just what we do. We kid around with people. And, uh, 
the guy is, uh, the guy's asking me, uh, do you want a blanket? Because it's kind of cold in here. Sure. I'd like a blanket. And he gives me the instructions and, uh, about what I don't need to do and what I need to do while I'm in, you know, in the tube. And, uh, I'm joking with him. So yeah, just wake me up when we're done. And, and he's laughing because if you've never had an MRI, it's a really loud experience. It's a very noisy thing. And, uh, he puts me in the tube. And one of the things he tells me, tells me is make sure your elbows don't touch the sides. Okay. I said, okay, fine. And so I'm laying in there and I realize I pull, you know, I, I get situated and I realize my elbows are touching the sides and I, and I, I clasp my hands together in front of myself and pull my elbows in. And when I do that, my knuckles top touch the top of the tube. And I realized how tight the space was. And all of a sudden I had this flashback to when I was four years old and I got stuck in a drain pipe in our front yard in center point and how I couldn't move. And I, 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 I was out there screaming until my mom finally came out of the house and realized I was gone. She heard me screaming. And that's, that is the memory that came back to me close to 60 years later. (laughs) That's the memory that came back to me. And that's when I realized I was claustrophobic and they said, they pull me out. They give you the little button, the little clicker. Uh, If you need anything, just push the button. And I pushed the button and said, this ain't happening. You're going to have to get me out of here. (laughs) And they tried, they tried, they tried to get me to keep going. And I said, no, this is not happening today. (laughs) It's not happening. And so they had to reschedule and prescribe me a, uh, 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 a sedative. Yeah. To wasn't a Valium. It was something else, but, but they, uh, they had to prescribe me a sedative. And because of that, Jane had to take off of work and go with me because she (laughs) had to drive me home. And she was really happy about that. (laughs) The Mark and Mac show. LiveRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. Uh, we encourage you, if you have a chance, to share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, listening to LiveRadio.fm. Take it with you wherever you go. No matter where you are in the continental United States, we're here for mm-hmm. you. Plus, and those of you listening in London, good to have you. Puerto yeah. Rico, good to have you. Love you. Mm-hmm. Um, because where else are you going to hear stories like, like this, Mark? Um, when... You and I were talking about something back in the day, and it was an Old Testament thing about Balaam. And I, for whatever reason, I got stuck on Balaam's monkey. And I don't know why. I know. It's a donkey, but, you know, I just, no matter what happened, monkey. And I wasn't picturing monkeys in my head. I pictured a donkey. It's just, I couldn't get her. And I'm serious. It was like, I think people really thought I, you know, was just funny. what, What version are you reading, Dave? You know, that kind of thing. Anyhow. So whenever I see a monkey story, that's what I'm reminded of, you know, yeah. that sometime in the past. <laughs> well, citizens in Japan, citizens in Japan are on the alert after a series of monkey attacks in recent weeks that left dozens of people injured and worried about intrusions at homes and schools. At least 58 people around the city of Yamaguchi were attacked in recent weeks by Japanese macaques who've had increased conflict with humans lately amid a population recovery. The monkeys have attacked people by biting and clawing at them. But the biggest reported concern is the spate of attacks lately on young children and the elderly. City official Masato Saito told CNN 
this is a very unusual occurrence. They've never come into an urban area like this before and assaulted this many people. One macaque incident reportedly took place at a kindergarten, and the Associated Press reports that they've tried to snatch babies as well. Authorities laid traps to try to capture the monkeys, but they didn't work. So Yamaguchi City Hall hired a special unit to hunt them down with tranquilizer guns. Residents are advised to avoid eye contact, and they say, make yourself look big if you come across a monkey. <laughs> All right, so instead of SWAT, they've got SMOT. Yeah. <laughs> special Secret monkey, monkey attack team. <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Max Show. And yeah, I'm Mark, I got to go back to something yeah. here. The last story we were talking about was uh, a place named after Christie, uh, Yamaguchi City Hall, having <laughs> to hire a special unit to hunt down gotcha. monkeys. Yeah. And while the music was playing, you were talking about some in some of your travels that, you know, you've been around areas where they were monkeys were common kind of like pigeons right well and I, that's I, a real thing that's not just a video thing we see that people are staying they they, yeah. they stage this monkey theft thing right. it's a real deal it does happen um <laughs> it does <laughs> happen funny. i know there, there are some uh there are some places in japan where there are monkeys the, the the monkeys hang out like you would expect to see pigeons hanging out around here you know okay or maybe or maybe in some city parks uh here in the United States, you might see squirrels that will just walk right up to you and, and expect you to give them something. And that, that, that okay. does happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that there it's monkeys and they, and the monkeys aren't little like squirrels. They, they get kind of, you know, toddler sized, they get kind of big mm -hmm. right? and they will run up and grab, you know, like if you're, if you're sitting down some someplace, taking a break, eating a snack, mm -hmm. they might run up and grab the snack from you and run off. Or, so they'll be bold enough to yeah. approach you without you saying, here, monkey, here's a piece exactly. of chocolate or whatever. Yeah, because they're so used to people feeding them, you know, right. and, and they're so used to people being around. They'll just, they'll do a, <laughs> basically a drive-by and snatch whatever's in your hands, wow. you know. Can you imagine you're off, sitting yeah. there, you got a you got a banana in one hand, phone in the other, and you're just right. talking, and you're talking to somebody back in the States, okay? You're on, yeah. you're on a business trip, okay? Right, yeah. And you're saying... I'm in the city park and I'm holding a, a, a banana and I've got my phone and a monkey is right over here. Let me see. How I, let's video chat. You know, and you flip it around and you're like, look at the monkey. And the monkey comes over there, smacks you in the head, grabs the banana and steals your phone. There you go. That it, would be funny. It could happen. That's just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Yeah. I, you know, there have been many shows on television where, you know, they show crazy animal stories or whatever, you know, but I tend to look at those as one in a million type things, not not common occurrences, you know. For yeah. if I was somewhere shooting video for you, let's say you were doing a tour, and I saw monkeys kind of hanging out, mm. I'd film them because oh yeah, it's a unique thing. Absolutely, I I remember once uh, I was on a cruise. We we're on some island down in the Southern Caribbean, and uh, one of the stops was at the top of a an old volcano where there was a lake in the top of this volcano, what used to be an active volcano. There's a lake there now. And, uh, there's some sort of a little shrine at the top of it and, and, uh, or, or there's some sort of a building at the top of it. And one of the things they told us was that there would be monkeys. Well, yeah, there was one in a cage <laughs> mm. oh, okay. and, you know, and then off, I, I, there are people standing at the railing over to one side, looking in the woods and there were actual real monkeys in the woods Ooh. and 
they weren't coming close. They were, in fact, they were going, eh, too many people. Let's move. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You remember back in the day when we found out you could eat monkey meat? Yes. And it was like served, it came in a can like tuna? Yes. Yes, I remember. Oh, my. And we had people, people sang jingles. They made up their own monkey meat <laughs> jingles. We actually had it on a best of CD. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, time to dig it out. Yep. Monkey meat, monkey meat. <laughs> I just, oh, my goodness. Where are the days gone? <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac monkey show where <laughs> during the music mark and i are sharing telling stories about the monkeys you know wow. not the hairy well yeah. not the ones with tails the other monkeys yes the, the mm-hmm. prefab four yeah know? the musical and, monkeys uh, yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> musical monkey chairs so <laughs> what the in the prefab four there's only one left and oh, wow, uh, it's mickey yeah. dolan's yeah and i think he's 153 now but, wow you know is just it's really when you think about it, Mark, you know, last week, um, the guy, one of the creators of uh, Bob Ravelson, who was one of the guys who came up with the idea for the monkeys, yeah. uh, actually passed away. And that's why Mickey, that's actually why it's kind of top of mind right now with monkey related stuff because mm, yeah. Mickey Dolan's is the last one yeah. left. He's and, uh, 70, anyway, it's just 77 now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. He was born. Mar- and he had a daughter, Amy. Mm. Okay. That was actress. You know. Yeah. Uh, he's got four, including Amy. Um, okay. I pulled him up on Wikipedia. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just kind of happy. I remembered her name. And the only reason is, you know, how you see like the, the child of a celebrity and you know, Hey, how'd they do? What are they doing? That kind of thing. But right. Amy yeah. Dolan was like in that movie. Can't buy me love. You okay. know, the one with, where the lawnmower boy, you know, pays the cheerleader to go out with him. Okay. And, okay. You know, becomes the whole thing. Anyway, eighties movie, Amy Dolan's actually has a small part in that movie. Mm. And it's okay. You know, anyway, Alrighty. I know I just, gosh, <laughs> just cut. Stop over here in the corner. Dave, here's your hat. Just sit there and shut up. All right. Well, Mickey's still working. I'm looking here. <clears throat> There's. I'm looking for. Let's see. All right. You you put in Mickey Dolan's as a search, and the top one that comes right. up is StubHub. Um, and the, he's got an October twenty. Uh, this eighth of October in uh, Pennsylvania, the twenty third of October in Phoenix, Arizona, and those are the only two things that are listed on StubHub. Oh. But he's still working. He's out there performing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, after the monkeys, let's just. During the 70s, um, you know, it's funny. The monkeys were a 60s phenomenon. But for kids my age, the monkeys were not a prime time thing. They were a Saturday morning thing. That's right. Um, yeah. That's when I was introduced to the monkeys because I was too young. I was a baby when they, you know, had their hits in the 60s. But in the early 70s, well, and if you remember, there was a whole episode on the Brady Bunch devoted to Davy Jones. And then Marshall was like yeah. his fan club president or whatever. Yeah. And. Um, anyway, that was like, um, hearing Davy Jones talk about the time after the monkeys broke up, you know, and he was somebody going through a really down period in his life and everything. And, you know, I'm, and yet for me and in my generation, he was still a big star, hmm. but he was like, I, I, I used to be the prince, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, but I remember, uh, he, Mickey Dolan's and Davy Jones in the mid seventies went out with Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, who were writers uh, you know music guys and they wrote the theme to the monkeys and and many and i think they wrote last train to clarksville and a few others but they went out as a thing um the 
the guys who the monkeys, the guys who wrote them and the guys who sang them or something like that. <laughs> and if you think about it, if you went out to see the monkeys play really and truly Mickey and Davey were the lead vocals on those songs. So mm -hmm. really, you know, you pretty much had the concert yeah. right there. But anyway, it's just fascinating when you look at how somebody is so big for a brief period of time, and then they kind of go away and then they come back. And it was in the mid eighties that by the, by the mid eighties, the monkeys had all kind of dispersed. They weren't doing monkey stuff. Uh, Mickey actually became a, a director in Great Britain, a TV show director, hmm. and spent a lot of time behind the camera. And the others had kind of moved on. And when the when MTV did like um, a whole weekend of monkey stuff back to back, they did a monkey marathon for some reason. Wow! In like '85. Right. And it became a thing. Hmm. Uh, MTV did crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there are only, there's 50 episodes or fewer of the monkeys. I mean, there's not a lot. And so they ran them all back to back and it became this huge thing where people wanted to see the monkeys. So they booked a gig of playing, you know, got the monkeys back together. And I think uh, Mike Nesmith didn't want to do it, but they had, you know, Mickey, Davey and Peter. Right. And so they went out as the monkeys and it became a thing and they had this revival 20 years after they'd had their last hit you know they're packing Wembley kind of thing hmm. and anyway it was just they had a song and here's the here's your monkey deal they actually did a song that was released um it was called that was then this is now yeah and it they were it was going to be the first monkeys new song in 20 years or whatever right well, Davey didn't like the financial deal, the business deal on it, uh -oh. and refused to sing. Uh -oh. So the monkeys go out on tour. They have a hit record for the first time in 20 years, and they're playing it on stage, but just because of whatever, when they perform their new hit, Davey would leave the stage, and it would just be, you know, Mickey and Peter on stage. It's so petty, you know, just weird stuff like that always surrounded, you know, the monkeys, always. <laughs> The fact that I know all that, Mark, is the reason I'm not working for NASA. Because my brain's filled with stuff like that instead uh -huh. of stuff that's actually relevant, you know? And I just sat over here and let it roll. Just, I know. just let him talk. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I really do need help, man. Hifradio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, yes. some days... I imagine you really wish you had a big cork that you could just cram in my <laughs> mouth, man. Just, stop, oh, no, man. no, absolutely not. I just man. let it run, buddy. Let it run. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. All right. So, Mark, San Rafael, California, and a reckless driver doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it kind of qualifies. All right. Oh. Woohoo! <laughs> San Rafael, California police said they arrested a man who was driving recklessly, tried to escape them by driving into a nearby canal. Police said they received reports of a Nissan Pathfinder driving recklessly in a parking lot near the 600 block of Canal Street on Thursday. When officers arrived at the scene, they located the registered owner of the vehicle and realized he had an outstanding felony warrant for his arrest as they attempted to uh, as they attempted to talk with him, he allegedly fled from the officers, stole a paddleboard, and jumped into the nearby canal. 
After some time, by the way, that's not your 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 prime escape vehicle. A paddleboard is not going to work, but you know, it's just <laughs> it, you know. After some time, the suspect was taken into custody. Nobody was hurt during the incident. The suspect was booked into Marin County Jail for his outstanding warrant and other criminal charges. Wow. <laughs> Where he just had to, wow. had to explain to people, yeah, they caught me. How'd you try to get away? Paddleboard. I mean, <laughs> idiot. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you're losing the toothbrush for that one. Go! FM. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and we appreciate you joining us and and ask that you share it with somebody today. Just, hey, listening to liferadio.fm or listening to the Mark and Mac Show or both. Whatever works best for you, we appreciate it. I will say, if you go to the website, we have the daily Bible reading. Uh, which is reading the Bible in a year. You can start wherever you want, you know, pick a date, whatever. But uh, just dig in. You'll, you'll, you'll have fun. I know I have anyway. Mm. So I kind of assume other believers will as well. <laughs> um, Mark, this sounds like a story that I expect to come from the United States Postal Service, not right. FedEx. But yeah. as uh, Sheldon Lee Cooper calls them, the hippies over at FedEx, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bizarre story. And this is okay. something that the vast majority of us would never think about. It's just, it's a part of life that goes on. It happens all the time. Okay. But you don't know about it probably. And if you have heard about it, yeah, you don't think about it. The remains of a suspected murder victim are still missing after they were sent in a FedEx box three years earlier. Yikes. 32-year-old Jeffrey Merriweather, he he died in Atlanta, Georgia in 2019. His remains were sent to the Fulton County Medical Examiner, then to a facility in St. Louis for more testing. Officials sent the body for testing to understand how the body decomposed so quickly after his suspected murder, but the shipment never arrived. The shipment also may have broken federal law according to Vic, uh, to uh, officials. The National wow. Funeral Directors Association says the only U, only the US Postal Service can legally ship human remains and it must follow specific protocols. A FedEx spokesperson said that shipments of this nature are prohibited within the FedEx network. It's a nightmare you can't wake up from said Kathleen Merriweather, Jeffrey's mom. I just want, I need closure, and I know his kids are resilient, but I think they'll probably need that also. Officials say the body was found in an abandoned house 10 days after Merriweather was reported missing. Police believe he was shot outside of a McDonald's during a botched drug deal. According to reports, the medical examiner was puzzled by the advanced decay of the body only after only two weeks after the alleged murder. But wow. FedEx lost it. And they still don't know where it is. You know, it bothers me on a lot of levels here. For for real. I mean, all joking aside, but, you know, we all look at death a little mm-hmm. different. Right. Okay. And I, and LaDonna and I are polar opposites with it. You know, she is all about, you know, the, the whole risk. Well, you know graveyards funerals that whole thing. oh yeah yeah personally for me i've told you before if you can't stuff me and use me as a coat rack you know i right, don't care yeah. i mean throw yeah. me out in the i don't see the point in burying me anywhere just put me in the dumpster isn't that okay <laughs> why isn't that okay you know it's just here i'm you know 
<laughs> I don't see it like that. So being right. the total opposites here, but that freaks me out, not because of me, but because I know how some people are, Mark, yeah. about, you know, the body of a loved one. And that would be really sad, but who thought it was a good idea? What person made the call? What person packaged this body, the remain right. to be sent? You right. know, there are a lot of people involved in this process. <laughs> Wait, did you? The, oh, man, I meant to send that two days ago. It can't go by the post office anymore. Somebody call FedEx for me, would you? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> like, so couldn't Somebody, overnight it. No. The FedEx. I mean, that's a pretty big box for overnight, sir. I mean, uh, what's yeah. in it? Ah, you don't have to worry about that. It's fine. Just uh, make sure it gets there tomorrow. All right. <laughs> and then they lose it. <laughs> and, and going from Atlanta to St. Louis, you're thinking, okay, how about just drive it? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This is, oh, I'm, I, 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 Mark. Uh-huh. Just, you know what? This qualifies as stupid criminal, crazy story. It, it does. Uh, maybe a Guinness Book of World Records. You mm-hmm. know, this is all of them piled together. Right. I want to know. And you know what? Yeah. It could be a mystery. You know, one of those oh, it is a unsolved mystery. mysteries. Maybe an alien came down <laughs> and took, uh, you know. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark many's the time i've wondered what happened to all those kindles that were sold back 10 15 20 years ago and they're still around <laughs> i know why i i just I, I really for the life of me mark when i first saw them i thought this is kind of neat mm-hmm. okay but then i thought if you're going to have that why not just have a, a tablet you know a computer yeah, yeah. and they, you know, it, it still to this day, I don't understand. And I'm, I'm sure some of you do this. I'm sure some of you own a Kindle or some other mm-hmm. reading thing, right. yeah. but, uh, I, again, think, but why not get something that has more functions? You know, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Why not? I'm what, get an iPad yeah. or some other kind of tablet and, and be able to br- yeah. browse the web and yes. watch videos and, and actually, you know, you can do, well, and you can still read, you yeah, still read books. Actually, there's a Kindle app for for all the different tablets for the various kinds See? you can so you can you, you, you can still d- use your Amazon Kindle account and read on whatever device you have and I get it and the Kindle the Kindle does one thing well one thing you yes. can it can I I I had one for a while until it died on me and it had a browser built into it so you could actually get online and browse with it but it was so slow. It was just, right. It was terrible. It was very bad at that, but very good at just showing you the pages of a book, right? Yeah. I, I but they're still around. I see ads for them all the time, and Amazon unloads previous year models of them for discounts, and they sell them. And so my mom's got one. She carries it yeah. everywhere. She, you know, she's got an appointment someplace, and she's going to be in a waiting room waiting. She's got her Kindle. She's sitting there reading her books, and wow. uh, she says to me, "Ah, I should probably get an iPad." Like yeah. you'd probably enjoy it. You probably really would enjoy it. <laughs> eh, but I'm, I got my Kindle. I'm good. Okay, fine. You know, so, you know. But I bet uh, I bet very few people have ever had this particular problem with their Kindle. Right. A woman who left her Kindle idle for two weeks was horrified to discover ants had crawled inside of it, set up housekeeping in her Kindle, and then started buying books. 32-year-old Mariana Vieira from Brasilia, Brazil, 
fetched her Amazon book reader from the shelf. She left it on last, last, uh, Tuesday and put it on charge ahead of a trip. It charged up as usual, but when the writer tapped it, dozens of ants came out of it. She explained that she left the now charged device on a window, but started getting mysterious notifications on her phone. Quote, after a few minutes, I got a notification. Congratulations on your purchase. <laughs> the ants had somehow managed to buy Isaac Asimov's sci-fi novel, Robots and Empire. <laughs> initially, initially, Mariana assumed it was a mistake. She rushed back to the Kindle to find it open on the shopping page with the touchscreen no longer working. Then the ants managed, <laughs> oh my. Yeah, then the ants managed to buy another book. And well, luckily she's been able to cancel both the purchases, but wow. So they start, they start Man. shopping and then deactivate the screen. So I know, no, no, you're not going to stop us. <laughs> well, the uncles were jealous. They're like, the ants are getting everything. Oh, we got nothing over here. Oh, fine. Much. Life radio FM, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, we had a couple of, uh, bits today about monkeys and things like that yeah and whenever you think about monkeys you know mcgilly gorilla or king kong right bananas are always in the story mm -hmm. somehow some way right i don't even know if monkeys like bananas you know i don't know if that's a true thing or just something a cartoonist drew up at some point in time yeah. i mean because yeah. it could be mark it really could be that they don't even like bananas we don't right. know yeah because we only know what we're told I don't hang out conversing with monkeys all the time. I'd no. like to, but you no. know, I don't speak monkey or no. chimp or whatever they speak. Mm -hmm. Although so, I don't know working in this business. As long as we have, we have had to learn Ooh. to communicate on some weird <laughs> levels, but not on the monkey level. Yes. No. So I don't know if, you know, any story about bananas should include a monkey story, but because right. of all the monkey stories, we have a banana story. So here we go. <laughs> right. Just putting them all together. We got monkeys, bananas, and Gatorade. All right. Well, the Gatorade folks aren't going to like this. Not a, not yeah. one bit. It turns out everything you need during a hardcore workout is in a simple banana. Researchers yeah. tested bananas versus Gatorade during a tough period of cycling and discovered that bananas deliver the same performance as sports drinks. And offer up a healthier blend of sugars. Really? So bananas are better for you all the way around than Gatorade is. Hmm. But does it quench your thirst? I mean, well, you're hot. You know, you work out, you get thirsty. You need sure. fluid. I mean, have a so, banana and some water. But I, nah. <laughs> but I got to have something to just, you know. Really? Okay. Nanner sandwiches. I know I had a friend who, uh, <laughs> well, he was a boss. He was my boss, became a friend, but he, um, he was one of these guys. Uh, he, we all have people in our life that they latch onto something and they kind of go extreme. <laughs> if, um, they're going to eat healthy, it's all healthy. Yeah. And in his case, I think he was trying to lose weight or something and he went kind of on a, a banana craze. Okay. He was eating yeah. bananas all the time. And, he wasn't losing any weight and that he found out about potassium and other things like that. The bananas are not great for losing weight. Really? Yeah. You know, you no, no one item is you got to If you want to lose weight, eat less exercise more. That's right. pretty much yeah. the, the standard cure all. Okay. But anyway, I asked him one time when I noticed he actually was gaining a little bit of weight, you know, and he's like, yeah, this banana diet. I think, if, I think what it does is it bloats you and then it just gets a, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, actually, you know what I, and I'm just spitballing here, but I think maybe, if instead of 
you know, after work, going home and sitting in your recliner and, you know, <laughs> drinking scotch and eating bananas, maybe oh get rid of the alcohol and start exercising. Yes. You know, that uh -huh. was, right. I'm, yeah. I'm not kidding. And he was like, oh, I, I don't think I want to do that. I mean, he's like, really? Come on. <laughs> oh, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. <laughs> right. And, you know, I just sat there and laughed. Yeah. That's just funny. But, you know what? You know. you know what makes me laugh is the thought of watching football and seeing the hydration coach, so to speak, run out to the huddle, you know, during a, during a timeout. <laughs> bananas with bananas <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> life radio.fm the mark and mac show and mark many's the time i've wondered about getting together with my pals and saying hey let's go play some mini golf oh. some putt putt you uh -huh, know yeah I don't have really? a problem with putt. I know there's a whole putt putt thing going. You know, I got, you. but I don't think I've ever gotten together with a group of guys and said, "Let's go play putt putt." Because mm. if you have a group of guys, you go play golf. Right now, if you've got yeah. children and you're having family fun time, yeah, it's let's go play putt putt. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember so. going when Jane and I, you know, when Jane and I were dating, and not, you know, and after we got married, we would go play miniature golf from time to time, just the two of us. Because, you know, wow. that was back before I got yeah. into golf, though, you know. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. But oh, there's okay. there's four guys who yeah. have broken a Guinness World Record. What is that? It's a, it's a major <laughs> award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. <laughs> when they putted 2,097 holes in 24 hours. Cole Hetzel, Chris Hetzel, Tony Centers, and Bob Schrodinger began their attempt at 8 a.m. Sunday at Putt-Putt Golf of Erlinger in Kentucky and finished at 8 o'clock Monday morning. The team putted a total of 2,097 holes in 24 hours, breaking the record of 1,440 holes set by a German team in 2005. The players said they surpassed the previous record at about 10.45 Sunday night. The record attempt raised funds for Matthew 25 Ministries and its disaster oh. relief re uh, efforts for victims of flooding in eastern Kentucky and recent tornadoes in Goshen and Mayfield. So it was for a good cause, and they yeah. broke a record. Well, good for them. Yeah. That means that they, I did the math, 87-plus holes an hour. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's some fast play. <laughs> that is, that's a little less than a minute per hole. Wow. Yeah, actually, it was about 40 seconds, right, yeah. give or take, but... Yeah, anyway, don't know if they did any good. Don't know if they, you know, yeah. I'd like to know their scores, Let's but I don't think that was their cards. focus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you got four guys, yeah. you know, that yeah. are doing it. Mm -hmm. They've each got to take a turn. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah. this is yeah. not as easy. Now, yeah. one person doing it, yeah, not a problem. Boom, 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 we're done. Right, Just yeah. Ding, to the next one. But a, a, but a foursome completing it that fast. Is any of these guys named Spalding? Because I really think winter rules applied. <laughs> Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.